India has served Pakistan the proverbial dish of badla, revenge. How cold it was and how accurately aimed are still being debated. Pakistan also took its badla by retaliating. But where do we go from here? After the savage terror attack by a suicide bomber belonging to Pakistan-based Jaisi Muhammad on a CRPF convoy at Pulwama in Kashmir on 14th of February, in which 40 jawans were martyred, the one word most heard on Indian TV channels was badla revenge. Some eminent Indian commentators made the word more popular by evoking the proverb revenge is a dish best served cold. The message to Pakistan was clear. Badla will come, but they say, delayed, and it will take you by surprise. It came 12 days later in the form of jets of the Indian Air Force conducting what is now known as Surgical Strike 2.0. This time, the so-called non-military strike was not just across the line of control, but inside the Pakistani territory. In retaliation, the following day, Pakistan shot down an IAF plane and held pilot wing commander Abhinandan Varthaman since the menacing train of badla and counter badla began i have been tempted to urge the leaders in both islamabad and new delhi to change the dish by urgently adding a new ingredient to its recipe the ingredient has only two humble letters a and v but it will transform badla into badlav and thereby transform the current omnia situation of conflict into consequential dialogue there is a discernible badlav in the thinking of many pakistanis including those at the highest level prime minister imran khan's speech on wednesday seeking a dialogue with india on all issues was mature and sensible this welcome mindset change is not yet absolute nor does it fully stand scrutiny against the highest standards of civilized international behavior yet i have no hesitation in affirming that both imran khan and pakistan's army chief general kamal javed bajwa want peaceful relations with india of course the civil and military leaders in islamabad and rawalpindi cannot absolve themselves of blame in the fidaan attack at pulwama for which jaish e mohammed a un proscribed terrorist organization has claimed responsibility jem operatives and their leader masood azhar are allowed to move freely in pakistan there is not even an iota of credibility in the claim of some pakistanis that the pulwama attack was staged by the government of our prime minister narendra modi with an eye on the impending parliamentary elections in india pakistan cannot simply cannot come out of the current crisis without giving rather re-giving a sense of categorical and verifiable assurance to india and the international community that it will deactivate jem and all other terrorist outfits operating from its soil that pakistan will have to give this assurance once again is clear from the fact that it had already given such a commitment in january 2004 read the following lines from the joint statement issued after our former prime minister atul bihari vajpayee met pakistan's then president parvez musharraf in islamabad on the sidelines of the sark summit i quote Prime Minister Vajpayee said that in order to take forward and sustain the dialogue process violence hostility and terrorism must be prevented President Parvez Musharraf reassured Prime Minister Vajpayee that he will not permit any territory under Pakistan's control to be used to support terrorism in any manner
This time around, Imran Khan will have to give an even more explicit assurance and with the help of General Bajwa, take concrete action in accordance with the assurance. It is no longer in Pakistan's own interest to let the Indian opinion, also world opinion, continue that the writ of its Prime Minister and its COAS does not run on its deep state, which is unwilling to act against the terror snakes that bite India every once in a while. Despite these necessary disclaimers about Pakistan's inescapable responsibility to take verifiable action against anti-India terror groups working from its territory, I would like to say something which the Indian public and Indian politicians ought to know. Namely, the Pakistani mindset on terrorism and religious extremism is changing. Anyone who visits Pakistan and interacts with Pakistanis from different walks of life would aver that there is far less anti-India feeling in Pakistan now than anti-Pakistan sentiment in India. Let me illustrate with this with a personal experience. When I was in London in October 2018, I happened to get an invitation for the launch of an important new book, From Kargil to the Coup, Events That Shook Pakistan. It is authored by Nasim Zehra, a veteran Pakistani journalist, TV anchor, writer and a long-time India watcher. Her book is a must-read for anyone who is interested in knowing the Pakistani perspective on the last Indo-Pak war in 1999. It is also a work of extraordinary boldness because backed by an admirable amount of research, it minces no words in concluding that the Kargil war, a costly misadventure by a small cliché of top-level Pakistani army officers headed by General Musharraf. It lays bare the duplicity and delusion in the highest echelons of the establishment that ultimately led to a humiliating retreat and defeat for Pakistan. Zehra, whom I have known for nearly two decades, is a proud Pakistani patriot and she pulls no punches in criticizing India when she thinks India is in the wrong. Nevertheless, I was deeply touched when Zehra, in explaining the theme of her book, referred to Atal Bihari Vajpayee as the only enlightened leader and statesman in the region. For a Pakistani author, it took some courage to say this about a former Indian Prime Minister who was one of the central figures in the Kargil War and that too in front of a Pakistani audience that had filled the hall at London University's prestigious School of Oriental and African Studies. Zehra's book is a useful read for not only Pakistanis but also Indians since it shows how Vajpayee's firm but self-restrained leadership actually benefited India both vis-a-vis -vis Pakistan and internationally. Sadly, today BJP is discarding Vajpayee's weak line in favour of Narendra Modi's muscular policy. Dushman ke ghar mein ghus kar maarenge. We'll hit the enemy inside his house. If Modi's government puts this jingoism into practice, the chain of badla and counter badla will surely lead to another war with one crucial difference. This time, the international community will see India as the aggressor. If a war does break out, it will be the fifth Indo-Pak war since our two countries gained independence from the British rule in 1947. The first war in 1947-48, which was fought in the immediate aftermath of the messy and blood-soaked partition of India, and which ended in a stalemate, became the cause for the three subsequent wars in 1965, in 1971 and 1999. The unresolved dispute over Jammu and Kashmir it left now looks all settled. The unresolved dispute over Jammu and Kashmir it left behind 
now looks all set to precipitate a new armed conflict a new war has grim consequences for the whole of south asia as zehra's book emphasizes in its opening lines in recent years across the pakistan india border and the line of control guns have tended to converse more than policy makers while the relationship between these two nuclear armed states pakistan and india influence the lives of almost 1.5 billion people yet unfortunately hostility seems to be the only durable factor in this interstate relationship this hostility rules out genuine cooperation while minimizing the possibility of resolving outstanding issues ranging from siachen sir creek kashmir to water and trade disputes against the backdrop of this abiding antagonism south asia remains the world's least economically integrated region have india and pakistan learned any lesson from history did the four previous wars resolve any of the outstanding issues that zehra mentions in her book have they taken our two countries even an inch closer to good neighborliness since both history and geography has compelled us to live as neighbors let's not pay any heed to the lunatics in both countries some of them occupying high positions who desire and believe that a cartographic amputation of the other is both necessary and possible pakistanis who think kashmir can break away from india either to become an independent nation or merge with pakistan and indians who think Pakistanis can be dismembered into four new independent nations. The event at SOAS had two eminent discussants. Aitraz Ehsan, a senior and widely respected leader of the Pakistan People's Party, and Dr. Farooq Bajwa, a highly successful London-based lawyer who has authored a fine book on the 1965 India-Pakistan war. In their speeches, both underscored the importance of peace between India and Pakistan. Before the conclusion of the event, I as the only Indian in the audience and also as someone who had worked as Vajpayee's close aide was asked to speak and give an Indian perspective to the discussion what I said on the occasion not only resonated with Zehra's anguish in the opening lines in her book but is equally relevant to today's situation when dark clouds of a new war are hovering over the common sky of India and Pakistan my words were I'm not standing here so much as an Indian but as a South Asian when I look back at the Kargil war I'm not filled with pride and joy that India was the victor rather I'm filled with agony that South Asia the common civilizational home to India Pakistan and other countries in the region was the loser Every war and every eruption of hostility between India and Pakistan has stalled and sabotaged mutually beneficial regional cooperation in South Asia and lack of mutual cooperation has made it the least integrated region in the world it has also made south asia home to the largest number of poor people in the world who are denied the most basic needs for living a dignified life no less relevant to today's warlike situation were the lines from a poem by vajpayee i recited on the occasion Jangna hone denge the former indian prime minister had recited this poem in his speech at a reception in his honor at the majestic governor's house in lahore in february 1999 with his pakistani counterpart nawaz sharif in attendance earlier in the day the two leaders had signed the historic lahore declaration which was the culmination of vajpayee's valiant bus yatra to pakistan i was a co-passenger in the same peace bus after the indian prime minister made a passionate appeal 
for both Indians and Pakistanis to leave mutual hostilities of the past behind and instead courageously embrace a future of peace and friendship. The poet in him spoke. Bharat Pakistan Padosi Saat Saat Rehna Hai Pyaar Kare Ya Vaar Kare Dono Ko Hi Sehna Hai Jo Hum Par Guzri Bacho Par Na Hone Denge Jung Na Hone Denge